What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver, and Gig Economy News. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RidesharRodeo.com, and WithPara.com. I'm your host, SJ, and let's get it on. So this week, uh, pleased to have as a guest on the show the new CEO of Maestro. Uh, many of you might remember Maestro from the later part of 2016 and early 2017 when it did its official launch, I believe, in February of 2017. Um, and then it kind of disappeared off the map a little ways in, and uh, we never really got to see what what happened with Maestro. Well, they're back, and... Uh, um, have a new CEO and we have him on the podcast today. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Doug from Maestro on. All right. So today we have, uh, Doug Feigelson, um, CEO of, uh, Maestro and, uh, yeah. Hi Doug. How, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. Glad to be on the show. So, uh, so I've been following uh, Maestro for a while, and I liked it when it first when when all the news was breaking in 2016. I loved the idea. I wondered a, a big a big concern of mine was how the two um, giants would treat it, Uber and Lyft. You know how they would view this because we've seen things like um, Uzu RV, I think it was, and um, Apex and other things try and do what I think you guys are already doing. Um, but there seemed to be a pause in Maestro when I first saw it and when I had, I had Harry about it. Um, and, uh, it just seemed like there was some momentum. And then like, like we were talking about earlier in our texts, you and I about that, just the Apple just went live. I know that that that's what kind of got me going again. Like, wait, something's going on with Maestro because it had been sitting dormant almost or something, but now it's, yeah. it's back up there. So can yeah, you catch us right. up? What, what, what happened in this timeline and what's, what's going on with Maestro? Yeah. So, um, as you noticed, you know, the company got off to sort of a false start where, um, the Android app uh, was out and it was doing great, super ascendant. A lot of drivers were using it and having a lot of luck, um, getting more rides with it. But, uh, like you hinted at Uber and Lyft are not the biggest fans of this. They sort of like to, they're sort of jealous when drivers drive for both. So they, they don't like it. And, um, and they fought it. And in particular, Lyft was giving uh, a lot of problems technically um, that, that kind of broke the app. And this was, this kind of came to a head in 2019 where the app was not able to toggle Lyft on and offline at all. Um, and so at that time, um, I sort of jumped in and helped, helped fix those problems, and, and we've been getting the Android app back on track and then also launched the iOS app for the first time um, a couple weeks ago. So, so when it was live before, it was Android accessible, but then Lyft, when that happened with Lyft, did the Android go down too? Was there a time when it was just completely down? Yeah, it was, I mean, for months. Uh, the app was, you know, in Google Play. You could install it and... And use it, right. and it would work. Some people just use it for one app because it, it also does um, pretty cool filtering against rides. So, so you, even if you're just driving Uber, you can have it auto accept based on a handful of criteria: ride length, number of passengers, all sorts of things. 
But if you wanted to use it for the main, uh, the most common purpose, you know, which is to juggle, right? Uh, to juggle, it was kind of useless because lift was not working. Um, so how did how did uh, that change? How how is your how is the relationship changed, or is it just that um, co- you know companies out there like uh, Argyle and things like that who help with the uh, with data and API and um, Man, I gotta check out these names, Argyle. I haven't heard of, uh, but yeah, the, the relationship has not changed. Yeah, really, it was just a technical hurdle that they threw at us. Um, it was one that the that the team at that time was not equipped to tackle. Um, but that's where uh, I got involved. I basically bought out um, all of the existing stakeholders, um, okay. and then set to work with a with a really solid engineering team to to get Lyft working again. Okay, so the app go live that kind of raised an eyebrow for me not too long ago on the uh, i'm an apple user so um when i saw uh, it go live i was like well gosh i haven't even heard of maestro in a while and then i saw a couple of people i know on twitter commenting about it and what's going on with this i had a couple dms about is this is this back up and running and i said you know what i'm not sure on all the details i'm gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna try and get them on and we'll see what we can't figure out with where it's at um because I know on the website, and I don't know if some of this has changed since the changeover, but it it says over a hundred thousand users nationwide in every state. I mean, meaning in every state that Uber and Lyft is, there are users. I'm sure that much of that dynamic comes from select markets and stuff. That it's not you know equally distributed among states. Um, That's right. However. Are we still at the hundred thousand, or did quite a few drop off when the when it went no. the change? Yeah, quite a few dropped off. We're not at a hundred thousand anymore. That that number reflects at our peak. Uh, right, we were we were at actually quite a bit beyond that hundred thousand mark. Um, and yeah, fundamentally, the app is getting the the Android app is working again. It's back to where where it was. Um, there's still there are still some bugs, but but we're getting really close there. And then. For the first time, we have the iOS app, which is extremely exciting. That's always been the number one request uh, among users and potential users. So um, I, I think we'll be back there soon enough. So I know that, and another thing before I pass this point, I, w- I wanted to ask you that um, I know that like you can find, you can find, you guys have been featured, or Maestro has been featured in CNN, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, The Economist, Wired, Inc., TechCrunch, BBC, Financial Times. Um, just to name a few. And I'm, I'm wondering, do those articles still reflect the position of the company for the most part with the obvious that caveat that four years have gone by or three years have gone by since a lot of those interviews? Yeah, um, they, they do. That was those, those were before I was even involved with Maestro, um, but they do reflect pretty much the same position uh, that we hold now. Um, yeah, in, in some ways, not that much has changed since then. Okay, so go, so going through the website, um, you know, and just kind of knowing what I know and talking with some other people, like, so we've got, in the very beginning, you've got the earn more, drive easier, drive safer. And on the earn more, you have uh, stay available on all apps, filter unprofitable trips, never miss a trip, uh, drive easier, auto switch on off, auto accept trips you want, ignore unwanted trips, um, drive safer, never touch your phone, uh, never look at a trip request, stay 100% focused on driving. I mean, those are all great things. I've been a driver for six years. So um, those are great. I mean, I love every one of those, but can you, can we can we explain how those work and 
And is there any risk of, I mean, I guess there always is, but is, is, is the risk kind of overshadowed now with Uber, with Uber and Lyft that, uh, um, uh, that you'll stay connected? Um, yeah. So the, the risk of, of Uber and Lyft is ever present. Um, like, like we discussed, they, they just fundamentally are jealous about drivers and, and don't like um, apps like Maestro. Um, right. That said, I think we have a much more, more talented engineering team that's able to overcome um, any kinds of technical hurdles that they throw at us. Um, and I think from a, a legal and regulatory standpoint, they, they can't really fight, fight this. Um, you know, they think drivers are, are contractors and it's very important that contractors can, um, perform the work that they, in the way they see fit with their own tools. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of where I was thinking too, with this is that they can't really touch you. And that's because I, re- I was reading some of the earlier articles from like wired and stuff. And, and when I was reading it, it doesn't come out and say that, but that's what I was thinking as a driver, because if they say to you, Hey, you can't do what you're doing, then they're calling, then they're calling dr- drivers in place. Right. Yeah. I, I or totally they're contradicting agree. themselves. And that's, and that's, it would be way more to their benefit to just let you do what you're doing. Um, but I mean, so, so these things, can we talk about how you, you know, the, just the basics for people who don't know, like how you stay available on all apps, like totally. as a driver, if I accept a, a ride, I'm used to the, you know, for, if I've been doing this six years, I've been doing it long enough to know that, you know, I would just launch both. If I accepted a Uber ride, I would turn off my Lyft driver app. But it was all, you know, there'd be those times I forgot to turn off the other app and then I'd get a ride request and I'd miss it. Right. Yeah. So if you're driving for a single app, um, you know, things are much simpler. Um, the obvious sure. downside is that you're, you're spending time sitting there waiting for a ride um, and, and not really earning. And so the obvious um, thing to, to maximize earnings is to, is to go to two apps or more. And sure. then, you, then, yeah, you quickly discover that, um, you know, maybe you go online on both apps. Well, if you, if you forget to take the other offline when you've started a ride, then you uh, are liable to get a second ride, which then you need to fumble with your phone while you're driving to try to cancel. And of course, you now have a cancellation ding on your, on your um, stats. So um, it, it becomes a juggling act. Um, where if you want to actually, you know, earn a competitive amount, you are um, constantly needing to fumble with the phone and, and at risk of, of messing something up there. Um, right. So Maestro, how, does, yeah. how does Maestro go around that? Yeah, so uh, Maestro basically does that juggling for you. So, um, for example, you know, it, you just hit start driving on Maestro and then it will take you online on both Uber and Lyft. Um, so that's already, you know, saved you from having to switch apps and tap the online button on both of them. Then when a ride request comes in, uh, typically you'd, you would have to look at the details of it and decide if it's a ride that is acceptable to you. Well, Meister will do that for you um, based on the filters you set up. So if it decides it's a ride that uh, you would like, then it automatically accepts it, automatically takes you offline on the other app. So if it was an Uber ride, it'll, it'll now go into Lyft, take Lyft offline so you don't get a second ride. Uh, right. Then it'll, you know, take you into Uber to do the ride. And um, and then if you, you know, maybe you'll get a stacked ride or a consecutive ride. But if, if that ride is is it, then it'll actually take you back in the lift to bring that back online for, for you to get your next ride as soon as possible. 
So the part about filtering unprofitable trips, I mean, to me, that's that's huge as a driver because you end up with unprofitable trips so often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, is this all done through filters that you're just saying that you don't want to go more than a certain distance or earn less than a certain amount? Is it? That's right. We have uh, distance, amount. Um, you can do service type. Um yeah, I, I can't remember all the filters we have. Is there a filter for – I'm just curious. Is there a filter for putting in a couple areas that you don't want to do destinations to? No, we don't have that yet. Um, that's a cool okay. idea. We, we definitely could do that. Um, I mean because like here in Denver, we're a very – you know, we're a very sprawled out city. Um, you know, instead of being like, you know, New York and the boroughs where it's all crammed together – it's a it, Denver's a huge city, but it's spread apart. About, you know, like there's Aurora, there's Centennial, Lone Tree, Denver, Broomfield. These are all parts of Denver, all the way to the mountains, all the way to 40 miles east. So that's all mm-hmm. Denver. And a lot of times I don't want to go down to the tech center or I don't want to go to Aurora. And I want to make sure I'm not getting trips going there. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, I mean, if I'm downtown, yes. I want to make sure I'm not going to certain places. Like that would be... An awesome totally. nature. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great idea. And it, 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 at the very least on iOS now, we do, uh, if it doesn't pass your filters, we show the ride to you. And then you can quickly, it doesn't matter if it's from Lyft or Uber, it, it look, looks the same. It's in Maestro and you can just tap one button to accept or reject it. And then we will proceed to take the other offline and uh, and do everything else. So it basically, if you wanted to, to manually check the destination, it's one tap instead of zero taps. But um but we can definitely add that as a filter. So um, if Uber or Lyft, if you're using Uber or Lyft or both, like most drivers do, and you're in any market that offers both of those, you can use the Maestro app. That's right. Okay. So it doesn't matter where, what city you are in. It doesn't matter what volume that city or market does. It doesn't matter how many drivers are on. It, does, it doesn't matter if there's only like five drivers in the area because you live in a small town. It will still work. Absolutely. Yeah, in fact, it's, it's the most useful in, in a lot of the smaller towns or places that just you, you're not constantly getting rides. Um, anytime you're sitting there waiting for a ride, you know, you could be earning if you, if you did have a ride from maybe another service. Sure. Um, so the app switching, trip filtering, service filters... I mean, these are all great. Um, love all that stuff. Um, the pay. So I saw that in, in a 2018 article, it says that the pay um, users paid $11.95 a month or $99.95 a year or $0.20 cents per mile. But I now found on the website that it says that the per mile option is gone and it was a weekly of four ninety five. Are those prices all current? Those are all correct. Uh, we we don't have the per mile plan anymore. So your options are weekly, monthly, or yearly. Um, and to be clear, that's also just for Android. Right now, iOS is we're in a beta period, um, and it's actually totally free. So you can install iOS today. You don't need to put in a credit card or anything and start using it immediately. Okay. Um, but that won't be for long. <laughs> um, no, yeah, not forever. We're, we're, we're thinking maybe we can do a, a limited uh, free plan that will stick around. But um, no, long term, uh, most drivers are, are paying about that twelve dollars a month. 
Um, and you know, if, if, uh, if that should, that should pay for itself basically, um, in additional earnings. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I was looking at some of the commentaries and, and people's feedback on that. And even, even on social sites, I was going and looking cause you know, there's so many bad companies out there that have started up for da- data farming reasons, you know, like, um, like I always pick on them, but I don't like picking on other companies that I'm not fully sure of, but like trip, you know, trip was a pyramid gig. And not only was it a pyramid, a pyramid gig that was trying to get people to bring in other people and then build on that. But it also was data farming and it was selling your data many. It was just like Uber and Lyft. It was selling your data off and off and off and off. So I like hearing about these apps that, uh, you know, aren't doing that and that you're, I'd almost rather see a fee than know I'm, uh, that know that all my information is being sold hourly. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely the idea behind it. We want our customer to be the driver and we want to be able to fight for the driver. Um, and a, any other business model would, would, uh, mess up our incentives basically. So, um, no, we're definitely not about just trying to collect data in any form. So when people sign up, do they get any kind of allotted time for, of free to, I mean, I know that you're saying on the iOS they do, but on the Android side, like right now, if they have never used, um, if they've never used Maestro and they want to, they want to give it a try, is there any trial period where they don't pay, where they can just try it out for a couple weeks or? Yeah, absolutely. We have a two week trial on Android. Um, and okay. So yeah, you can sign up and, and begin a two-week trial if, if you have an Android device um, for free. And if you have any issue, you know, where you're not able to drive as much as you, as you need during that two-week trial, you can just uh, shoot us an email to support, and, and in some cases, we can extend that as well. And then, is there any a- analytical side for the drivers that either gets emailed to them or that they can find in a dashboard of the app or anything that says, you know, here's that can show them how they benefited from Maestro? Yeah, we, we have a lot of work to do still there. Uh, we do have trip history. So you can go through and uh-huh. see all of your Uber and Lyft rides in one place, which is already a, a very useful thing compared to... Sure, to swap, yeah, that's a great... Yeah, and, and yeah I, so, meant uh, more, I meant more like, you know, where you just could like look at a page and see it, like instead of adding up all your trips and going, okay, well, if I did this and I did this and... Yeah, that's that's definitely on the roadmap. Um, some summary statistics, awesome. you know, look, looking at your how much are you actually making per hour? Um, how, how much have you made exactly. across both apps? You know, that, those things. Are, I think that I think that's huge to drivers. Drivers want. I mean, that's I mean that's something that you know that would be a huge incentive on top of what the app already does to getting me on board would be being able to see what Maestro is doing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, if I make absolutely. if I make if I make eleven if I make twelve dollars a month more than I would have with Maestro, then I know it's worth the monthly fee, and I'll just make it even grow from there. But if I see Maestro made me an extra eighty dollars, then I know it's well worth that. I might buy the yearly plan. Right. Yeah. That's a great. It's a great point. Um, yeah. We'll we'll have updates there hopefully in the next uh, month or so. So we've already discussed the Uber and Lyft's view on you. So I guess the real deal is this, they're never going to get legal with you. They're just going to always try and have their engineering team, which is so far behind in so many levels that they don't really have time for things like this. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll never say never, but um, I, I don't think they have any case there. And uh, yeah, they can certainly do the technical tricks to try to stop Maestro and similar apps from working. But um, I, I think that's, I think that that will not be an issue for us going forward. Okay, and so then I wanted to move to. Um, because I know a little bit of it's dated, but when I was looking at one of the articles from 2018 as well, it said, you know, switch between um, Uber, Lyft, and Postmates. It showed on a screenshot for an example, and, like, Postmates is Uber now. So I'm wondering yeah. what other what other apps can be brought in? Uh, yeah, so uh, right now, it's just Uber and Lyft on both platforms. Um, we are adding DoorDash now. That is our, our main third request. And actually, we'll have that out. We'll have that out in two weeks. Um, yeah, that's so, that's gonna be that's gonna be a huge one. Yeah, um, definitely. Because I know I know a lot, I know a lot of drivers who have switched to food delivery, obviously during the pandemic. But um, they've really even even though all of the delivery apps are now you know, undergoing scrutiny for how much they take. Same things that Uber and Lyft have always done. And why are they taking so much? And where's my tips and all this stuff. And still, even with all that going around, buzzing around all of them, it seems like people are going to DoorDash more than the others, even though we always say that market to market, um, you know, you can look at one market and then look at another and DoorDash might do 80% of the business in in city A with a population of 500,000 and in city B across the country with the same population, you might find door or DoorDash doing only 15% of the volume in the market. Mm. So, but with DoorDash, we are starting to see that they kind of do are overpowering the markets they're in. Interesting. Yeah. You know, there's, it's not so much where you can like flip to one market and go, Oh, DoorDash doesn't, they're here, but they don't do any business. Like with Uber and Lyft, that's a really that's a really hairy situation and conversation that we have sometimes because it's very people are like, oh, I only love love Lyft. I can't make any money on Uber. And then we say, what market are you in? And then we compare it to another market forum, and they're like, oh my god, yeah. If I lived there, I would absolutely only drive Uber then. Wow. And it's you know, it's well, I mean, it's that's just it's just it's. I find I think I find that it's pretty much where's Lyft putting their money because Uber's Uber everywhere, and Lyft seems to be really struggling. Right. Um, you know, I mean, they just they never made the jump to to app uh, based delivery service, and now they're thinking about it. To me, they're a year too late. The pandemic's mm-hmm. been a year. You know, they they should have showed up for that show right in April May last year. But they wait until now, and it just seems like it, it, I've, I've felt like Lyft has really been late on every call for about the past two years. Um, so coming out of this, I'm a little concerned how Lyft will do too, and what that means for Uber if Lyft were to say go under or sell out, because it it makes it puts them into a monopolizing position where you know it, it becomes very worrisome what the pricing would do and how drivers would be paid. Absolutely, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> I'm really, really uh, glad that we do have Lyft um, and that they're as big as they are. But I wish they were doing better. Yeah. Um, so, so the so besides DoorDash, are there any other ones? You're, are you going after any of the other food delivery apps? Like, what about Uber Eats? Since you already have the API tied in for Uber, 
That's right. We, we do have Uber Eats. Um, I should have mentioned that. Uh, oh, you do? And, you do. Yeah, okay. that's right. So basically any, any new Uber service, um, you know, we're able to add those very quickly. So Uber Eats is fully integrated um, as, as DoorDash is um, about to be in two weeks. And then Postmates, um, you know, like you said, is part of Uber now. So I'm curious what, to hear what, what do you view as the um, next most popular um, or, or most exciting delivery app that we should add? Oh, um, she is, <laughs> uh, you know, I, you know, one thing I would think would be extremely interesting. I don't know how you would do it because, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with the company, but, um, are you familiar with dumpling at all? No. Oh. Okay. So dump dumpling is, uh, is the Instacart or is the, is the, is the good version of Instacart. But it's not fully known yet. So when you when you are part of Dumpling, you actually do own your own business. You have your own customers. They become regulars. They can ask you to do tasks outside of the outside of the given boundaries. They can ask you to walk their dogs. They can all kinds of things. And and they give you a credit card. You can call them and get an extension over holidays so that you can buy big Thanksgiving dinners and go to the store, buy it and take it to your customer and uh all this and um basically they they take a five percent fee so it's it's exactly the model that we'd all like to see for ride share and stuff because as you know like when i hired on six years ago i was at a 90 10 split however uber did not show me what that breakdown looked like so i don't know that for sure that i was getting 90 percent of what the passenger paid because I never saw what the passenger paid. I just knew I was on a 90-10. But that was also at a time when I was making a lot more money because they were still new in my market or newish. Um, now, it's now it's completely dynamic. I could make 75% of, of a fare now, or I could make 40% of a fare. But we see the breakdowns on all fares now on Uber and Lyft. That's part of the ruling that came across that they had to start sharing that information with us. So we can go into our trip history, and then you can even dig deeper into each trip and see what the customer paid. So Is it, that in it every trade, state? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know that the judgment went against every state, but Uber just made it happen in every state because they knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. They just knew, like, hey, if we if we do this in fifteen states, it's going to be two days before we have fifteen <laughs> lawsuits. Right. So I think they were just jumping the gun and just said, whatever, let's just start showing it to them. Right. So, okay, so, so drivers can see how much did the customer pay, how much did I get to keep. Um, exactly. But that, that, that so, percentage can float. So you can break down each receipt and see exactly what percentage you made. And it, it can be a little sad sometimes, let me tell you. Um, but, yeah, so it's something that would be a little bit different than what, you know, than putting an Instacart in here because they actually have people. But um, when people are looking for a new person on Dumpling, when they're just searching, maybe that could somehow be integrated because it would be – because. Dumpling people need to build their own businesses and you can even build it to the point where you can have one, two, three credit cards or up to five credit cards because you have so, because you have so many people that you're shopping for that you are hiring 
other people to do some shopping for you and you give them one of the your credit cards from from dumpling wow yeah that's, that's so i mean it's a it's a if you go back and listen to i think it's episode 28 on our podcast we have ceo uh joel shapiro on there from dumpling and it's a really interesting conversation because he breaks down the whole business and what they're doing about rideshare in la right now they're ta- they're finally tapping into rideshare, and they're and they're beta testing in LA right now. Wow. So something I don't know I, you know, if you got some time, go back and listen to that episode because uh, there's a lot to be learned there. There might be a way to bring them in too because you know bringing in like an Instacart or something. It's just I know a lot of Instacart shoppers, and I've talked to so many that they're like fighting for nickels and dimes at this point. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so we've thought about Instacart and um, the difference there is it's, it's not a on-demand model. It's a batch model, you know, where you go into the app and you see deliveries and you try to grab them before other people grab them. Um, and uh, so we've had a lot of, a lot of um, drivers who are asking us to make tools to like automatically grab those batches and things, but it's sort of a different idea than with Uber and Lyft where you're sort of just, you're saying I'm online now and um, a ride comes in um, randomly. Sure. Does that make sense? So, yeah. uh, and, and we thought there, we've heard of some companies who have made these, what we call batch grabber tools, you know, that'll just watch in the split second that a new Instacart batch comes out and it'll grab it for you. Um, but you know, it's kind of a, a zero sum game there. Um, Instacart certainly doesn't like those. And, um, and we've heard bad stories about that, but I'm kind of curious at how Dumpling does it. If it's more of the on-demand Uber Lyft type model, or if it's a batch, um, type thing where you go in and choose which jobs you want to do. Oh, it's, it's neither people go in and look for personal shoppers and then they get you. If they like you, you guys form a relationship. The, the shopper makes the price. You set it with the customer yourself. Mm, okay. You, so you have a pro, you have a, profile, you have a, you have a profile page. So like, let's say that like you only eat paleo. That means you can shop for everybody, but you can put on your profile page that you specialize in paleo. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if if somebody else only eats paleo and they see that there's, if they're searching for a shopper, it goes by distance from where you are. It'll show you the closest shopper, but you can like scroll and look through a couple and you might see that one's three miles away, but one's five miles away. He specializes in in how you eat. And Mm -hmm. so if, you know, obviously if I'm a, if I only eat paleo, I'm going to want to go with that paleo shopper. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, you do need to trust a, a shopper quite a bit, especially if they're cho- choosing produce and things like that. It's um, Exactly. It, this really is where, the, this is where like, as, as Joel said in the, in the podcast that we did with him, you know, he said that we've found that people start to form their relationships with their customers. And then their customers are like, Hey, can you do this every Thursday for me? Here's my grocery list. Um, and I'll update you on Wednesday night if I need anything else or what I, else I'd need. And that sometimes it even means like a stop at like four different stores because maybe they, they get their meats from a meat only store. And all this can be worked out in with between the shopper and the customer because you, the shopper, are setting the prices and you know how much distance is involved. You can do it flat based, you can do it percentage on the sale. Um, you're allowed to do a lot of different options because 
like all these companies claim that it's your business, you're an independent contractor, this one truly is. You are an independent contractor. You're on your own. They're just there to perform the platform help, but in no way are you being robbed along the way if you're still building. Yeah, so, so what does their cut look like? You know, if, you, if you've got a longstanding relationship with a uh, client, and are they continuing to take uh, a fee on, the, on each order, and what do they provide? They, they, it's 5% for the platform fee, but that even includes like if somebody like ordered $500 worth of groceries and then canceled the order and you already bought it, they have you covered. Any legalities, they have mm-hmm. you covered. So if you really break it down, that 5%, if, if you, if, you know, if people understand business well, that 5% is more than worth every transaction because your, your butt's covered regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's, I don't know, that's a huge thing to me because I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to have to call Instacart service with an issue, (laughs) you know, um, you know, I think dumpling, dumpling promises a live person, uh, on the phone within five minutes of a call. Wow. So if you're at the store having an issue, you can call and not have to worry. Am I going to get a recording? Am I going to be on hold for a half hour? You, it's it's like one to five minutes, and five is the top. They will get to you. Hmm. It sounds so, to me like a, a much, much better version of TaskRabbit. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. If you remember that one. I don't know if, if, how they're even doing nowadays, but um, Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I don't know. I mean, if you've got Uber Eats, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, some of the other ones are just city to city. So DoorDash is the DoorDash is kind of king right now. Uber Eats ate up Postmates. So I guess you still have Grubhub, but I don't know if that's really worth it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there's, um, there's I don't a few know. Other, other things like Amazon Flex. Um, we started looking at, um, let's see, I think. But, but yeah, I, I think uh, we actually we have a lot of other features we plan to build just with, with Uber and with Lyft and with uh, DoorDash. Just with those three, um, if we coordinate it all well in most cities, you should be you know pretty busy continuously, um, especially so as you if go you later start, into the year. And, yeah. I'm imagining a basic setting is that you can – you can select or deselect, like, let's say on a certain, let's say that like in your area, you know, that every Tuesday you get these really horrible Instacart offers. Let's say Instacart was on your platform and you get these horrible Instacart offers that'll pop up all day and you've got your filters all set correctly, but let's say you just don't even want it on that day. Can you go in there on the fly, turn off Instacart and leave Uber and Lyft on? Yes. Yeah, you, you can absolutely do that. Um, you can also, uh, with, with our iOS app, um, which is sort of ahead of the Android app, you, you can see it's like it'll pop up for five seconds, and you can go in and reject it even if it's about to accept it anyway. Uh, so in other words, it'll pop up and say, hey, we think this is a, a job you'd like uh, based on your filters, but you can review it and, um, and reject it if, if you decide it's not for you right now. Uh, Right. Okay. Uh, and if the five-second timer runs out, then um, then it will be accepted. We'll take you into the Uber, Lyft, or DoorDash app, and you'll be able to complete the job there. Okay. Um, so yeah. So I mean, so the so the bottom line is here is there's no other fees. The fees are just a, the straightforward 
11 or 99.95 for a year, 11.95 for a month, 4.95 for a week. That's right. Absolutely. No, no then, other fees. Then there's, then there's no other fees for using it. That's right. Okay. So yeah, it, it really matter. feels like the future of, of, um, of gig work. When you use the iOS app and you have one interface that's showing you jobs from different services, um, it lets you put in very advanced filter settings. Um, it, it really is very cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to go and download it. I haven't been driving since the uh, pandemic. Um, mm. because I had a wicked case of asthma that I thought was COVID and all kinds oh, of things. And we've been running Uber. I've been running UberLiftDrivers.com. Our four year anniversary is coming up in two weeks. Um, and we get worldwide traffic there. So I really spent some time kind of rebuilding those a little bit And the podcast. Um, there were some people that were pushing for me to start the podcast back at the beginning of 2020, like January, and I was kind of dragging my feet because I was still working, and I'm and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I'm gonna get to it. You know, I want to get to it. And then the pandemic hit, and I was I was like, well, I'm not gonna do it now. And then I thought, well, yeah, I am. And so I actually started this during the pandemic. Um, so I've been putting a lot of time into this, but I'm I'm gonna download the app and, and just play with it and cool. see. Um, especially because because I'm I, I'm iOS, so especially if right now it's free, I just want to see. If like, uh, and just a thought too, when I was telling you about like, could you deselect areas that you don't want to go as destinations? Cause you know that it'll take you a while to get out of there or you'll be driving back deadhead alone to back downtown or whatever. Right. I was just, I was just revising that in my head and wondering if your coders couldn't do, um, to start that kind of movement to, that they couldn't do like, I only want airport trips. Hmm. So you took each city and its airport, and that's it. You would just do that, yeah. It's, it's you know, because really that way, idea. because there's, because I, I know some some retired people and stuff who only they don't like driving people all over and stuff, but they'll they'll take people to the airport. They love that, mm-hmm. you know. And from from in Denver, at least, it's you know, I live in Stapleton, which is one of the farthest east parts of Denver. It actually used to be where the airport was. And now they've moved it out 30 miles from Stapleton. So if you're downtown Denver, it's like 45 miles or 40 miles. So it, it takes a good almost hour to get out to the airport. So it's a feature that I know a lot of drivers would like because they don't want to be just doing two-minute trips and having people popping in and out of their car during these times. But um, Yeah, that, that's a great point. I, I think we could we could do that at the same time as, as your other idea and sort of have a map that you can draw the draw circles where you want to accept pickups or drop-offs. Um, and and that would be really I, I just think I, the more features, like anal- these days in my book, analytics and the more control you have, the better. That's, that's really where I, – because I think you're right. I think the future of gig economy is going to fall into apps like these – especially as these gig companies keep, you know, more keep appearing and some of them keep uh, paying less and taking more. Because post-pandemic, I honestly, and I've said this for a while, believe that Lyft and Uber are finally going to universally raise their prices. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, they've been fighting to the bottom for years. Who can be the lowest price? And that's killed the drivers, too. And I'm not saying drivers will earn twice as much when they do raise the prices. 
it almost could get scary because they almost might take more of a percentage and you're still kind of making the same. I, so I think they will have like to pay more, though. I mean, I think they're not going to have enough drivers. They, they both come out and said that they're worried that as, as everything starts to reopen, they're not going to have enough drivers to keep up. And to me, the obvious way to get more drivers is to start paying more. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they are going to have to. And we've, we've talked about that here on the show is that obviously drivers are way down because there's no rides right now. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of people who just don't want to risk it right now. So you don't want to, they don't want to risk being out in the pandemic. Uh, and then you have the majority like veteran drivers like me and stuff. A lot of them have just switched to only on demand, uh, food delivery, mm-hmm. you know? And so they, but I, I, I think that once that shift goes back to rideshare, I honestly do know a lot of people who have been service industry people in the bars, restaurants, driving, whatever, who do miss the communication of people, even though they've been doing app-based food deliveries, they they do miss the interaction. And then there's those people who don't miss the interaction, don't want people in their car. <laughs> yeah. But there are food, people food who is a very easy passenger. Know. But I, I think you're right. I think that, you know, you're not going to get nearly anywhere near like the, all the drivers that we had coming back. And one thing that Uber being around 10 years now, even though they've only been public for a couple, the fact they've been around 10 years, they've kind of already really gone through all the drivers. I mean, they think that they can keep signing up drivers forever, but I think they've gone through quite a big portion of that batch in the, in this country. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that whether somebody did it, tried it for a day, a week, a month, did it for three years, and then the pandemic hit, whatever, or they just got sick of it before the pandemic that it was not paying enough or they got another job. I think that they've been through more of the population of people willing to do this than they think. I don't think there's people lined up waiting to drive for Uber and Lyft right now like there was. Yeah. Well, I've been surprised at how dynamic it is. You know, it's it's not like um, a, a, a other kinds of careers where people stick around for a, a decade. You know, a lot of drivers come in and they do it for a few months and then and then they stop. Um, so it's a very dynamic pool of people who are who are driving. Some some are career are career drivers for sure. Um, well, that's that's why I think that the you know that's why I think that it's great that so many different gigs are popping up. I mean, there's tons now. Oh, there's totally. tons. Yeah. I mean, there's... Like, which world would you rather have in the future? One where everybody's working for Uber, Uber decides the prices on, on both sides, or one where there's hundreds of, of gig services to choose from, um, who are competing with each other to pay drivers more and to charge riders less or people who are ordering food less. Um, and, and in that world, you know, it's not going to make sense to have 100 apps on your phone, one for each of these apps. You're, you're going to need something to to simplify it uh, so that you can see all your, all of your options and take the best offers. Absolutely. I fully agree with that. And, and, and exactly like also still be running all the apps though too. So you're still going to be eating up your phone service. Um, For now. Yes. Um, I I think eventually uh, there might be clients, some, you know, apps like Maestro that can do the entire thing uh, without needing another app from the actual gig service. Wow. And, and also, five, I was going to say 5G is going to help that, too, The word, to where you can have 10 apps open. It's not going to make a bunch of difference, but um, we're not even to true 5G yet, really, even though they say we are. But 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't know, something like this where I know I can open Maestro and kind of see all all my, you know, set all my settings to where I want. Like, gosh, I hate lift, but if they've got rides that are over this distance or pay more than this, I'll take it. And you just set it really high, even if you hate lift. Mm-hmm. You know, then you know, I don't know how that, oh, the the other thing I wanted to ask you too is how does that float in with um, when it surges? Because we've seen surging with Uber and Lyft come and go, and then they tried the flat rate system with drivers. Now, like in our area, they're back to multipliers. Right. Uh, yeah, we, we, we do have a... Um... We do have a surge filter that you can set up. Um, it was working on the multiplier. We never did do the flat rate, but it seems like they're going back to the multiplier. Um, right. So, yeah, that, that, that's a filter where you can say, I don't want to take a ride unless it's got a 1.5x multiplier or higher. And then does it, so like, let's say that I set mine at 1.5, but let's say it's 2.2. Does it show me that? Yes. So you'll see it's 2.2. It'll say, uh, this ride passes your filters, um, tap to cancel. It'll, it'll have a five-second timer as it's accepting it, and then you can cancel it if you don't want it. Uh, but you still auto, see not – but you're not thinking, okay, it's at least 1.5 or higher. You actually see it's 2.2. Right, yeah. It'll, it'll say, you know, it's 2.2. Here's the pickup address. Here's the drop-off address. Um, and uh, it, it'll say it passed your filters, um, so it's accepting. Uh, and then you, you know, if your hands are on the wheel, you, you, you don't have to do anything. That ride will be accepted by Maestro. It'll take you into the app to complete that ride. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, we give you all the information, but the filters are, are just based on that 1.5 or, or greater. Um, and you can change what that number is. You can make it two X or greater if you want. So to, so to all our listeners out there, I guess I get, I have to say, if you get, even with the, even on the, um, dud, uh, even on the non, uh, um, on the non-Apple side, you're still getting two weeks for free. I mean, there's no reason not to try this, guys. I mean, um, you know, I mean, if it, if you got two weeks for free and you're driving right now, just try it. Set your filters. Do do everything what you how you'd want to earn and see how that works out for you. Because I know a lot of us get tricked into stuff or bad trips or all this kind of stuff and um, yet we're, we're veteran enough and seasoned enough. We know how to tweak out settings. So we know how to open an app like Maestro and right away go into the settings and go, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to earn at least this. I want this many miles. And that depends market to market. You know, maybe some markets you want the short rides, maybe some you don't, I don't know. Um, but it seems like it's got everything you'd want. I mean, there's no reason not to try it. Um, you know, here on the Rideshare Rodeo, we're definite uberliftdrivers.com. We're definitely fans of anything that helps drivers earn more and anything that makes drivers' lives easier and gig workers as well. So it sounds like you guys are starting to incorporate other things other than rideshare, um, mainly food delivery. But that's, I mean, that's such a big, that's the biggest thing right now in the gig economy is app-based food delivery. So um, hitting on those two, I think is great. And I think that people should try this. Do you, do you have any final thoughts here or words or, um, let's see, you know, I, I'm, um, definitely encourage everybody to try it out. Uh, like you said, it's free for at least two weeks. Um, whether you're on Android or iOS 
and it works in every market. Anywhere you can drive Uber and Lyft, you can use Maestro, and you can do that. You can do that more conveniently and earn more. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me on. This is um, this has been great. Yeah, no worries. And so, everybody can find Maestro uh, in your app store, no matter what platform you're using or or what what device you're using. You can also go to MaestroDriver.com, and you can learn more. And you can also uh, get right to the Get app right there so um i think that's it doug thank you for coming on and uh we will absolutely follow the progress of maestro here and uh and uh, keep people up to date sounds great all right well thanks thanks for coming on and uh and uh best of luck and we will make sure we give you shout outs whenever we can (laughs) appreciate it all right have a good day Mm, bye All right, so that was uh, Doug, CEO of Maestro. Now, we've had some changes in the Maestro um, organization. Uh, There was a little downtime, I know. Um, But as you heard in the interview, if you go back, if you go to the website, you can see all the articles they've been featured on, CNN, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Economist, Wired, Inc., TechCrunch, BBC, Financial Times, rideshare guy you can find them on you can find write-ups on them on all of these and i guess still pretty applicable to their original ideas of maestro just different organization there was a little downtime but uh now they're back up and running and uh i think everybody should give it a try i mean it's free to try it you know give it a try see if it helps you out at all um and uh other than that um Thank Doug for being on this week. And uh, next week we have Lifted with Larry and looking forward to that. And you all have a great week and we will see you back here next week on the rodeo. Peace.